With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode, a live edition of Beyond the Blade. Episode 76, we are headed out west. I am your live co-host today, Chad Didemenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey, and Chad, it's been a while since we've been live. It, it has been. You know, I, I snuck that one in on you when uh, after the, uh, the first game of the season. I didn't <laughs> I, I still haven't forgiven you. Yeah, I, I figured you wouldn't. Yeah, I, I think you got a little kid, and it was like eleven thirty, and I was like, you know what? I gotta get on. <laughs> I mean, people are panicking. You know, you gotta, you gotta be the voice of reason somehow. Sometimes, right? I'll give it to you. It was very good. <laughs> the voice of reason. I, I did my it, uh, best. I did my best. I mean, I, I was running on like four hours of sleep that night, so you gotta give me credit for at least putting it together with that. You know? Yeah, you could tell because you kept apologizing. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> so with it being live. Uh, you know, sometimes things happen. So if you do hear a banging or a rustling noise in the background, uh, I do have a three-year-old child running around upstairs, so just ignore that. But hopefully he'll keep quiet here for the next half hour to 40 minutes that we're talking about stuff. Now mine is asleep, but the four-pound Pomeranian is not, so <laughs> I'm sure she won't make too much noise, though. You never can. Live, I was going to say live radio, but it's not live radio. But live podcasts, anything can happen. It can get crazy up in here. <laughs> Uh, so there's a hockey game tonight, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this. It kind of works out conveniently for us because we like to record late at night anyway. So the Sabres kind of playing games at night kind of made sense to do this. So thanks to the Sabres, I guess the NHL for schedule your schedules that allow us to come on here and speak to you live. Uh, we're not necessarily going to be 
mean, we're going to talk about the game tonight, but it's not necessarily going to be a full-on pregame show. Uh, we're going to kind of treat this as a normal podcast, and therefore people who don't listen live can still listen to it, and it's not too pre-gaming, if you know what I mean. So it kind of gives us some kind of gives us some life to this podcast beyond just tonight. So some things we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to touch on the games last week, uh, the 6-1, what I called reality check that the Sabres got from the Avalanche. And they rebounded pretty well in Arizona with a 3 nothing shutout victory. Uh, Amherst are having some success since the last time we chatted. They've won three games in a row. Zach Bogosian is back, and we're going to have some fun at the end of the podcast with that. So stay tuned because that's actually going to be really funny, I think. Definitely and, stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, like I said in the beginning here, we're headed west, and tonight is game two of that West Coast trip, and then they're off to San Jose on Friday, L.A. on Saturday, Anaheim on Sunday, and then they sneak one more in there, or is that all of them? Vegas, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, that's it. That's it. Because Arizona they, was the fifth. That's right, and then they come back home and play Montreal the following Thursday. So, tons of fun, but where we'll kind of start here is, I guess we'll kind of look at the week not the week, the last few games we kind of missed here. It's the last time we talked. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't Maybe I'm the bad luck guy. I've, I've been to two games this season in the press box. It's been the Boston and Colorado games. So, <laughs> maybe I'm the issue here. They lost it by a combined score of 10 to 1. But um, quickly on Colorado, I want to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, I'm curious of your thoughts. I mean, for me, it was kind of a fast team kind of came in here when everyone was kind of high in the team and kind of checked you back to reality there a little bit. You get the same vibe? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you could definitely you could see how the speed of Colorado. I don't know if the Sabres just weren't ready for it or kind of what the situation was. But I, there, overall, it was a really weird game. Uh, you had the right after the, yeah the Reinhardt when he hit the crossbar on the power play. That should have been a goal. Uh, they had a lot yeah. of chances on the power play. The to goal they got get, taken away. The postal goal. Yep. So like every time they would get close, like something weird would happen, and then when they finally did break through and make it three to one. You had the unlucky Scandella pass off the referee and who was sitting alone in front, but Nate McKinnon, probably the last guy you want sitting alone in front. Um, he's not missing. So, no, I, yeah, I, I think I'll be honest with you. I think even at 3 nothing, uh, the power play, even though it wasn't finishing, it was clicking. I never really thought we were out of it until the first McKinnon goal. Once I made a 4-1, I thought, I caught, thought the game was over. Right, right. Um, but but I'll say, I mean, up until 3 nothing, and when they made it 3-1, to one, I thought, you know, maybe there's a chance here. Uh, I think not only are the Sabres still trying to figure out who they are and they're trying to mesh as a team, but I, I think the fans and, and ourselves included are, are trying to figure out, like, what is this team? I feel like they're more skilled than last year, uh, but they're not necessarily, like, a lot faster. Their puck possession isn't a lot greater uh, their shots on net aren't much better. So it's kind of, I, I think their skill is kind of helping them win games early here, uh, the goaltending included, which we will get to. But I think overall, like how much better are they actually? They're better, but I think um, it's more skill wise. I think them as a team and playing collectively as a whole obviously isn't there yet. Um, obviously, they can only get better as we kind of go along here. And what better way to test that and test that early than a West Coast trip? Right, and, and I'm, I agree with you. You know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's, uh, you know, this team, like, like you said, they're, they're they're improved, but the question is by how much, you know? I mean, there, there's definitely you could say that there's a marginal improvement, 
I don't think that's too much of a stretch to, to say, but I, I think at this point is, and you mentioned it, I, I think it's the goaltending that's pulling them through. You're getting the goaltending you weren't getting last year, mm-hmm. and you have enough skill on your team to win the games that you didn't win last year. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that's that's showing through. Now, I will say, you know, kind of shifting focus here to the Arizona game a little bit, uh, you got Jeff Skinner on the score sheet. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin got his first goal, and he looks like a guy who's starting to get more involved offensively, which is a great thing. He kind of looked like he had, yeah. I, I call it happy feet, but in a good way. Like he was like he had like the mojo going. I guess you could say you could tell watching him. Like he a, felt the offense shift, that game. A couple shifts after he scored, he was back door and almost scored again. Right, right. Uh, so yep. yeah, he's definitely found his way to the net and around the net, which is a good thing. Um, I mean, like we said last week, I two things I actually got to give you credit for. Skinner going with Middlestad, I think that was a good move and an improvement, and you could see that. And I think, again, not to get ahead of us, but I think that's probably one of the most important things I'm looking for this tonight uh, is to see if that line can kind of click and create chances again. Uh, and the number two is just Darlene. He He's you know, getting his feet wet. You could see he was very physical. He was solid in the defensive zone, and now the offense is slowly starting to creep. He got that first goal. You saw once he got that first one, he was kind of – looking to shoot more he was looking to get towards the net a little more and i think that's just going to continue and continue and continue here as we go along uh good to get him on the score sheet good to get him his first goal uh and i think that confidence will only grow as we you know go along here in the season yeah and and you know and he's the it's the thing you talked about before when i've said it before is his defensive game i think is what he focused on here in the beginning and that's fair i think his offensive game is going to come along and, Which know, is funny because it's usually the opposite. I it mean, really not is. necessarily for defensemen, but yep. in general, young players usually it's the offense that they are good at, and then they have the defensive laps. And it kind of, you know, he's going the opposite way here, which might actually be a good thing because oh, you yeah. know he's got the offensive skill. Definitely, and it, it's going to come, and it's starting to show through already. And you know, it it, it it's the whole thing with him is I I kind of wonder how long they're going to take to keep him maybe off that top power play unit. Cause I think it's yeah that that's the thing that it kind of bothers me, you know, with the special teams are kind of jumping around here, but uh, you know, it's the first unit again, I, I still think there's Bristol line and there's Reinhardt, you know, a can get you goals here and there, but I, I really think, I mean, Shiri's there too, but I really think the power play still runs through Eichel. And mm-hmm. I feel like if he's not the guy who can get it in the zone, carry it in through, that's an issue where if you have Darlene and you have, I go on that same line, then you're going to have two guys who can carry the puck in for you. And even if you put Skinner in there instead of a post you know, that's another thing I want to consider too. But the other part that I can understand what Housley's doing by separating the two of them is theoretically on the power play, you want the puck to be on Darlene's stick and Eichel's stick, but there's only one puck. You know what I mean? So like, Separating the two of them, you can have your Eichel power play and Darlene power play, but I don't know. You know, it's it's like it, it's how much do you want to again? It's do you want to put all your eggs in basket in the basket on that first unit, or do you kind of want to spread the wealth here? But I mean, you know, that second unit's not really giving you. I don't know if they even have a power play goal. I'm pretty sure they've all. I mean, power play goals come from that first unit, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's something we'll kind of see here as it involves as we go. I mean, because the power play, the numbers don't look great, but. If you take out that 0 for 7, they're 4 for 11, and that's 36%, and that puts you at 5th in the NHL right now. So you take out that avalanche game, the power play really hasn't been that bad. The penalty they kill. They just got to finish. They, they, got, they do. Yeah, they do. And the penalty kill the could be well. the more concerning thing right now, but the power play yeah. I'm not that concerned about. No. 
No, especially watching even like I said, even the Colorado game, they were they were moving the puck well, they were getting in the right spots. Uh, maybe a, a pass or two here was just you know on the backhand instead of the forehand. Uh, I think the the one was Sheary. That's why he couldn't really get that off. If he was able to get that one off, that's a goal. Uh, Reinhardt hitting the crossbar. They're finding their chances in the power play, so I'm not really worried about it. Uh, finishing is going to come. But, yeah, I, I mean, I can see what you mean with the, the – My, I guess my issue would be is the roster is more talented, but if you're taking all of a sudden Skinner and Dolly off that second unit, are you going back to if the first unit doesn't score, you might as well just end the power play. You're right, and, that, um, and that's, that is the catch-22 here, you know, it's – I mean, you are putting, you're not putting, you know, Brian Gianta and Matt Molson. You're right? putting a cross yeah, the line in. But still, I, I get your point. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a Boca, Rissalana, and Oposo. I Wasn't Rodriguez on there, too? So, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the talent level definitely drops off if you pull Skinner and Delina off that second unit. And, again, that's why I'm not making as much of a big deal about it because while in your mind it seems better to stack that first unit, logically if you can have two units that have the potential to score you can kind of keep that rolling if the first one's not clicking some game so i think it kind of makes sense to leave it for now and like i said it, the power play really hasn't been that bad no. the numbers are kind of skewed off of one game uh, yeah i would agree with that the main concern i have before we kind of get off of this and get into maybe some rochester and some other stuff here and look towards tonight's game uh that's still a concern for me and it's going to become a big issue here is the five on five scoring has not improved really <laughs> Nope. And it's it's alarming. We're, I mean, I don't, I don't really consider anything a trend until you're 20 games in. Mm-hmm. But we're five games in here, and it's still not really improving. You know, and it's they're winning games still. You know, they they've won three of five. So you know, it's it's not killing them. But part of that could be because your goaltending is playing so well, and you kind of have to wonder maybe when that falls back to earth i guess you could say yeah right exactly so i mean you brought skinner here to be an improved five on five guy dalene's supposed to be an improved five on five guy and even sherry you know he's supposed to be another guy even strength who gives you something so i don't know that that's i don't know about you but that's kind of my if i have to circle something that's still a a very big concern for me uh it's not necessarily that goaltending coming back to earth it's when is this five on five scoring going to show up? That that is my prime concern at this point. When or if, which is yeah, the, yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like you said, you brought Skinner in. My problem with that is he's playing what an average of 12, 13 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean that's a whole um, other thing in itself. You know his time on ice, but again, right, part of that I, could be special teams too. You know, if, if the main power play unit is playing the majority of the special teams, then you know he's on the bench for that time. True. Yeah, I, I mean, there was only I think there was only four penalties last game, or the, in the yeah in the last game when I thought he played probably his best game, uh, and I think he only had like eleven and a half, twelve minutes on the ice. Yep, so, yep. I mean, if you're looking for more five and five scoring, you need to get those more high high skilled offensive players on the ice. Five and five. Um, again, I, I, like you said, it's for me, it's concerning, but it's still a little early. Um, you only have one goal by a defenseman. The bottom six really hasn't scored much yet. Uh, you'd have to imagine you get some you know, deflections from the point. Uh, Skitter starts to find the net. Uh, I mean, he's he's doing everything but scoring pretty much at this point when he's on the ice. Um, and Darlene, too. Like I said, I think that's really 
exponentially only going to get better here as we go forward. So I don't know that I'd be too concerned yet, but I mean, the way it is looking, I wouldn't be too surprised if it's unfortunately just as bad as last year, which is a problem because (laughs) you went out trying to fix that this year. Like you said, getting Siri, getting Skitter, but guys maybe who were moved out, I don't know, maybe it's a net, you know, positive, negative, you're you're basically even here. Um, I mean, their power play is going to have to stay good. And their goal, I mean, their goaltending, I wonder, I I mean, obviously it's going to come back a little bit, but I wonder how much. I I think that if they get better defensively, we'll see how Bogo plays tonight too. Uh, If their defense continues to play better, um, if Berglund doesn't find himself, you know, facing the net, taking a knee in front of the net. Uh, or Scandella sliding out just in the middle of nowhere, taking himself out of the play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you can clean those little things up, um, I don't see why the, the goaltending can't, again, not stay as good as it has been, but stay better in the league. I think Hutton has shown early on that he's a, he's a very calm, cool, collected, solid goaltender. Uh, and I think somebody like that, you know what you're going to get every night. Obviously, against like Colorado, when you have multiple odd man rushes or their best player left in front of the net, and then also getting a breakaway late in the period, <laughs> how much do you how much do you want there? Uh, I mean, both those breakaway goals were really nice too, right under the bar. Um, so I don't I don't know necessarily that I'm looking for Hutton to do more there, but then you have Altmark come in, get his first game, and yes, it's a Coyotes team that has struggled mightily to score. I think they have two goals in the same game on four or five games. Yeah, I think they've been shut out in three of their four games. That's kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Arizona's so, always, but, like we talked about last time, Arizona's that team that, like, every year, like, they're going to be better this year. And like, oh, no, maybe not. I will say, though, um, the running joke always used to be if your team's struggling to score, play the Sabres. Uh, so that didn't happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think goaltending and defense can at least be better. Um, and But, yeah, I, you're going to need to find that secondary scoring. You're going to need to find – some kind of combination on the bottom six, maybe Middlestad and, and Skinner get going here uh, the more they play together since they – I think they're more equal skill-wise as you brought up last week or last podcast. So, um, again, it's early, five games, but I think come back in, you know, the next pod or, or you know, five games from now, let's see what happens on this West Coast trip. Uh, if it's still where it is, then, yeah, we might have a pretty big problem on our hands. You know, the, the thing this kind of maybe transitions good into our next topic here is, you know, if we don't see some improvement here, mm-hmm. we... You can change it up. We have some guys... Yeah, exactly. We have some guys at Rochester who are producing. That's mainly C.J. Smith and Alex Nylander and Victor Olofsson, who was named AHL Player of the Week for, I think he had seven or eight points in, during the week and two game-winning goals. Um you know, on all of a sudden, he's still a guy that I'm not ready to call up yet. He no. I, he needs I, – I will reevaluate that maybe December, January. Uh, a lot of his points still are coming on the power play. I think I, we just talked about how important even strength is. You don't need more power play guys. We need some guys who can <laughs> score at even strength. So I think it's counterproductive to bring all of a up. But Nylander is doing pretty well. His reviews are coming in good that he looks different. He's pursuing pucks. He's – battling hard on the boards you know there's those the occasional gliding around the ice but you know that is what it is but in general only good reports and he's putting up points but even above Nylander the guy who I think needs to get here at some point is it CJ Smith I, I feel like being in Rochester is not doing anything for him anymore 
He's a 23-year-old winger who spent four years in college, who played all of last year in the AHL. I know he had the injury, but still, I just don't. He's he's scoring at a level that he's maintained and continued from last year, barring the, the time when he had the knee injury. So obviously, he can produce and play at the AHL level. And again, it, it's a lot of even strength scoring is what you're getting for him is what they need. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much more racetrack there is for him down there. And the thing I think that's not working in his favor is he's a left winger. You know, that's something I, I put on Twitter is, is you have a significant issue on your right wing. It's Sam Reinhart, Gap, Oposo, I guess maybe another Gap, uh, Thompson, and then another Gap, Pominville, and then you have a huge Gap, and you're at Andrew Ogilvie as your next right winger. Now you have a guy like Nylander who can play – both sides, but primarily, you know, in Rochester in the preseason with the Sabres, he's played the left wing. So is it fair to bring him up here and say, okay, you've been doing well on the left wing, now come on the AHL, continue to produce, but go play right wing? You know, I so mean, that, I, think it, I think it all depends on what's going on here now. Right, well, I mean, the logical guy to come out would be Thompson. I mean, my, right. that's kind of what I'm thinking in my head, is you're going to take Thompson out, you're going to refill him with somebody else. Because as much as I love Tage Thompson, I think he has potential i just i just think it's not working I, I think he maybe could use some hl time to get his confidence back up uh i think they're left they're gonna let him ride this west coast trip and see how it goes and i think if he's not getting anything then maybe when they get back to buffalo maybe that that's the time they kind of make a move to get somebody else up here because uh, i you know i don't want to see you on larson take a spot that's and the good thing on larson quickly is housley even though he gave him a game has kept him out so that's uh-huh. i think that's fair we should give housley some credit for that uh, you know, Remy Ellie kind of is what it is. I don't know. He's a nice fourth line guy if somebody gets hurt, but I'm not gonna. Again, but again, he's a left winger. So what is you know? So that that kind of gets back to the whole point where back to CJ Smith here to kind of wrap it all together. It's I, I don't know how much more he has to prove in the AHL, but right now I don't know where they're gonna fit him unless they can get somebody here. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe Saboka can go play the right side. Or something. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know much about Saboka. I don't know if he can play both sides, but if he can, maybe that's your option. You flip him to the right, and you put C.J. Smith in the left wing with Berglund and Saboka, and maybe that's a line you can make work as your third line. So I don't know. I, I feel like C.J. Smith to be the next guy to get the call. If it's me, even though how well Nylander's played and played in the preseason, but you know, I, I just don't know if either of them are going to come anytime soon because of the position they play, and it's it's difficult from a roster standpoint. So this doesn't help you out at all, but I do want to sneak this guy in too because it was one of the most intriguing things throughout the preseason, and his continuing to play well is even more intriguing, and that's Pilot. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you are right. Good point. I, I mean, with with how the defense is now, you got Bogo getting healthy, coming back. Tennyson was just set down. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that there's a spot for him because if there was someone to come out, it was obviously Nelson. Uh, the last couple games, he just hasn't played well. So Bogo going in there kind of puts a halt to it. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think Pilot does need time, kind of like Olsen down there as well. Uh, but his continuing to play well, every time I see that or or someone, you know, mentions that he's still playing well, you know, the ears kind of perk up and, and I wonder what we're going to get or what the potential is uh, when he does make his way into the NHL roster because I liked a lot of what I saw in the preseason. So if we can get another, you know, 
good skating, good passing defenseman back there, I think it only helped. I do want to give, by the way, for a comment on Pilot, we have Daniel here who's dropping a couple comments in, so I want to give him a shout-out and credit. Uh, his latest comment is, Pilot carrying the puck is primetime TV. So, you know, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't watched any Amherst, very little. I think I've watched a part of one Amherst game, so, you know, I'm kind of going off reports. But, again, the thing with Pilot is he's playing well, he's doing good. It kind of is a C.J. Smith issue. He's a left-shot defenseman. You, Who's going to – I mean, I, I guess you could take Bullywell for him, but – you know, before Bogosian was back, you know, that was, okay, you take out Nelson and put him in. Well, then you have five left-shot defensemen on your team. And that, I mean, there's no rule against it, but right. it makes it difficult. I mean, somebody has to flip to the right side. I mean, Bullyu can barely play the left side. Now you're going to go west and play the other side. <laughs> and you can't have a pilot come up here and play a different side. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. You can't just go, here, you go play defense on the other side. You know, it's, your handedness is a big deal. You know, I mean, it, it, it affects everything from how you play the guy coming down from how you start your breakout from which way you turn from how your pivots are so i mean a lot of people just saying just put him in put your six best defenseman in and make it work it, it doesn't work that way you're not putting guys in positions to succeed you know you're going to give you know this kid who has promise who has ability you're going to call him up here and you know maybe i don't know if bogosian gets hurt again which is absolutely possible i'll you know we'll see if he completes this game or completes the road rest of the road trip here and but I just, you know, it doesn't work in his favor being a left shot. And that's, again, that's the tough part because they're short on the right wing and they're short on right shot defensemen. So it kind of gets it gets difficult there. But, yeah, um, I am impressed how far along Pilot is. I'll say that. That's super impressive and exciting and good for a 22-year-old who won the defenseman of the year in Sweden to come over here and show very little signs of not being able to play in North America. That's... I think a great thing a lot of things a fan should be excited about. He's no Antipan, I'll say that. <laughs> and three wins in a row. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's good. You know, the Justin Bailey was like, tells me he's a, a ghost. Nervous. That's that's kind of the disappointing thing, if you want to say anything disappointing. Yeah. Because I feel like that ship kind of a sail now, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is, but I haven't really heard much about him, and what are you going to do? Uh... So we're running on 25 minutes here. We really don't want to go over, because the game starts at 10. What time is it? It's 9.28. So we got about 15-ish minutes here. So let's kind of shift our focus here to, I guess you say, tonight, the game's ahead of time. Um, route West, like we said, Vegas, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim uh, are your games the rest of the week. So Vegas tonight, um, the Sabres got their first, actually Vegas lost their first game in franchise history to the Sabres a little bit a week ago. So that's a little bit of history for you too. So the Sabres looking for their first sweep of Vegas and Vegas's long story franchise history. So it can make season history tonight. Um, Stastny's out two months. No angle in tonight. They're getting Bogosian back. Fleury has struggled, although he has new fancy gold pads. Uh, I don't know. How are you feeling about this game? I guess that's kind of where I'll start here. I think pretty good. I, th- I think... They they played well at home, but I think it's it's never a bad thing to get out on the road and and build that camaraderie, especially a, a roster that's flipped over as much as this one has. Um, so they've beaten them once. Vegas has struggled kind of mightily out of the gate here. Um, so I, I think it might be a good thing that you get them twice early. Um, I feel pretty good about this game. I think it's the next one you got to worry about. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think that they if they just play their game, they 
don't look like they did against Boston and Colorado where it didn't look like anybody could catch a pass. Anytime they were passing back to the point, it was hopping over the stick. Um, it was just sloppy hockey all around. E- even early in the Colorado game, I felt like a lot of it was played in the neutral zone. Uh, neither team for like the first 10 minutes could sustain anything in either zone. Right. Um, so if they can at least you know, carry the puck over the line, maybe get some zone time, get some shots on Flurry early, um, which again, their starts, they haven't been great. But if they can, they can get to a, a good start here in Vegas, I think you can kind of take the crowd out of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can win. I'm thinking more of a close one here tonight. Um, Bogo, it'll be it'll be nice to see. I mean, it it's I struggle with him probably the most just because yeah. Yeah. he's like you know what he can be, and if he could ever stay in a lineup for any sustained amount of time, um, I think he could actually be a pretty good defenseman, uh, especially offensively too. He's a, he's a good skater. He's a pretty good passer. Uh, he's physical. It's kind of everything you're looking for to kind of round out your your six D, but. I mean, it's just so hard to take months and months off uh, and then try and find your game. And the frustrating I, part is once he finds his game, gets hurt again. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's I mean, even, even last year, we we said how well he was playing and, and how we think he finally found his groove, and then you basically didn't see him for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested um, because, like I said, I, Nelson was struggling. and Yes, he was. Yes, he was. So getting Bogo in there, I, I think it only helped the team. But uh, like you said, I, I mean, how much rust does he have to shake off? He played a couple games in the preseason, then he just disappeared for a while, and then who knows? Who knows we're going to get out of him? But I, I think the team as a whole, it's, it's good they're healthy. I think it's going to be very interesting to see Skinner and Middlestad together again tonight. Um, need some 5-on-5 five five scoring. I think it's going to be a, a close one, low scoring. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm kind of seeing like maybe like a three-two kind of game here. Uh, Which of course you know what I mean. It'll be like six-four. It'll be like six-five. It'll be like six-five. Last time they're in Vegas last year, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. Weren't they down like six-three and came back and then lost in overtime? I think that's what happened. That sounds right. Lovely saber season. See, I don't, I don't forget these terrible seasons. They, they stick in the old noodle. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think you know Vegas is they're beat up, which works in your favor. Um, but they're by no means a pushover. You know, I mean they. They're off to a rough start. They're probably not as good as the record showed last year. Maybe they're falling back to earth a little bit here. But, you know, they saw some good players in that team. And Pacioretty and Carlson and, you know. Marcia So. Well, not having Nate Schmidt has hurt them. But uh, Theodore is a good player. Fleury can, you know, flip a poor start around in one game. So, mm-hmm. you know, he has a tendency to steal a game for you. So that that's the thing you're going against, too. And. You know, we'll see if those new gold pads help them out. Honestly, the gold pads make you a little bit nervous. Like, we're not going to be able to beat the goalie with gold pads tonight. So that, <laughs> I'm not being dead honest about that, too. So that, that I think it depends it. on his defense. <laughs> yeah. And if, that's, they leave, that's, if they leave Eichel all alone in front again, uh, I don't know how much <laughs> yeah, the gold exactly. pads are going to save him. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they might, point, they might look nice as he's flopping and doing a cartwheel or something. but That's a, that's a very good point. Um, so i got to tell you before we kind of get to the top ten here and have some fun. Um so our friend Uncle Bob is in here in the chat. Uh, he said that Flurry is a bad goalie, pretty much, and he said he should be in that. And I asked him if his five hole was improved, and he said, "I'll see myself out." So I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fitting. I used to think I think he'll have a good game tonight. Flurry, Flurry yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, just hopefully not a good enough to 
win a game for them. I guess we'll, we'll put it that way. I agree. So let's have a little fun here. So as you mentioned, Zach Bogosian is back. It is his first game since January 9th of this year, 2018, um, which I meant to look up the how many days that's been, but I didn't get to it because I forgot. Anyways, Bill and I were like, hey, we should do this kind of cool thing. It's about uh, 270. Yeah, it seems about right. We'll go with about 270. Uh, do this cool thing where we kind of talk about things that have happened uh, while Bogosian has been out. So you and, had a brilliant idea, and then I took that brilliant idea and took Yes, you further. escalated it. So Bill escalated it and said, you know what, let's do it even better. Let's do a top 10 David Letterman style here. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Uh, I didn't put the drum roll in, which is disappointing, but I couldn't find a good one that worked. So Next time. Next time. Next time we'll get the drum roll in here. Uh, but Bill and I are going to alternate. So we have 10 things. Uh, the category is 10 things that have happened since Bogosian last played a hockey game. An NHL hockey game, because he did play in the beauty league in the offseason. So do you want me to go first with 10, or do you want to go first with 10? Uh, I'll kick her off. Okay, so here we go. So again, the category is 10, the top 10 things that have happened since Zach Bogosian last played an NHL game. Bill, start us off with number 10. Number 10. Ariana Grande dated, engaged, and broke up with Pete Davidson. <laughs> Number nine, Eminem gave Machine Gun Kelly a career and then ended it. Number eight, Tiger Woods became good at golf again. Number seven, Ilya Kovalchuk scored a goal in the KHL and the NHL. Number six, for all you football fans, the Cleveland Browns won two football games. <laughs> Number five, for all you Ryan O'Reilly lovers out there. Number five, Ryan O'Reilly lost his love for hockey. I don't know that he's found it in St. Louis either. <laughs> I don't know if he has either. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of love, number four, John Tavares left the Islanders and professed his love in Maple Leaf pajama pants for Toronto. <laughs> uh, Sabres presidency, number three. Russ Brandon was no was told he can no longer be quote just the marketing guy. Number two, this one might sting a little bit. I might hear a little too <laughs> soon. Uh, Nate play, Peterman played two more games for the Bills and threw four more interceptions. <laughs> oh, it's so bad, but true. And he might actually possibly play again this week, which is sad. Number one. The number one thing that has happened since the last time Zach Bogosian has played a hockey game, the Sabres found themselves above 500 for the first time since 2013. And there you have it. <laughs> Some of those are pretty good, I will say. But uh, that's something we're going to kind of, along with our spelling bees, uh, Bill and I are going to kind of, kind of keep that segment going. So we'll kind of think of some good things. Like Bill has had a suggestion today of top 10 things Phil Housley shouldn't have ever done. Uh, one of those things was leave Nashville. So take that for what you will. <laughs> good times. Poor Phil Housley. Only five games. Only five but games. It, <laughs> the guy but it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you feel that way in game 30 or 40. Maybe we'll, maybe it'll be worse. Little shout out to Ogposo too. Uh, in the last time Bogosian played, you potentially could have made love and gotten pregnant and had a child. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> a little, little nine months there. Huh? A little bonus one in there. Huh? There you go. Good job. Honorable, honorable mentions. 
There's another good one we had, and then we took out two. Oh, the Buffalo News lost its entire uh, sports department. To the athletic. To the athletic. <laughs> see, see what happens when Zappa doesn't play all the stuff that he misses, you know? Well, now he's caught up, and he can play some hockey. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully well. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Hopefully. Oh, God. God, hopefully. Uh, yeah, because if he doesn't play well, I'm going to be very concerned about that defense. Because, honestly, I don't need Casey Nelson back in there at all. Uh, I feel like he's reverted back to the guy that we saw before last season. Uh, just yep. too many mistakes, too slow. Just just doesn't. He looks, he's he's a good AHL player who I think played above where he be- I guess played above his level at the end of last year, which kind of gave us some false hope. But uh, yeah, to just there's too many mistakes. It's too slow, and I'm hoping Bogosian plays well because he, like you said, he has all the tools. He has the speed. He's physical. Mm-hmm. He can move the puck. He can get <laughs> well play offensively. He's well rested. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One more shot to throw in there, Bogosian. He's well rested. Uh, should have fresh legs in, in Game Five. <laughs> fresh legs on the ice, no excuse. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. So, twenty minutes until puck drop. Uh, do you want to end this? You kind of already gave it, but do you want to end this with an official prediction tonight? Here, give me this. Give me, give me a score and give me the first star of the game. I'll go two to one. First star of the game. Mm, that's tough. I'm gonna okay, go the two, with who scores game winning goal. Sam Reinhart. Sam on the Reinhardt. power play. Sam Reinhardt has been so snake bitten this year, it's not even funny. Honestly, you're right. I, I mean, how many, like he, how many posts did he hit? At least like three or four, right now at this point? Yeah. yeah. I think he had two in the same game, and then he hit the crossbar. Right. The guys around the net, he just. For whatever look, reason. Look one. You think he can't find the back of it, and then he's like, <laughs> he's kind of like old Pommeville. He sneeze <laughs> and turn around, and he's got 50 points. I don't know how that much. happened. Pretty 50 much. points, he hit 17 posts. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, I think he gets on the score sheet tonight. I think um, Vegas, maybe with a couple of injuries, a uh, couple of injuries on defense, and with Schmidt out, uh, maybe they take a couple more penalties than they need to. Uh, that could be trouble at home if the road team, especially this road team, has chances on the power play. So I'll go two to one with Reinhardt getting your game winner. I am going to go three to two Sabers. And I'm going to say Casey Middlestat is the game-winning goal scorer with a nice setup by Jeff Ooh. Skinner. That's I middle, like it. Middle of the third period, game-winning goal. I don't right know. There. I don't know that'll happen, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a prediction for you. Bam! Prediction. Bold. I guess not that bold. Bold to be yeah, saying pre- like Gergen. Any predictions in the comment section? Uh, no, no, no. I don't see anything in there. So no fun. That's all right. All right, what are you going to do? But we did some comments. So that's good. I appreciate people who commented. Thank you. Next time we do a live again, come back and comment some more. Very appreciated. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's going to be it. We're going to let you go get ready for Puck Drop. We're about under 20 minutes now from Puck Drop in Vegas. Uh, I don't think we'll see the Knight on the ice. I think he's reserved for playoffs, so I don't think we'll have any Knight fighting uh, any Sabres character, which would be unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, enjoy the game if you stay up late. And hopefully you get some sleep and are not tired for work tomorrow. If you do work in the morning, like myself, uh, I'll be the guy who's up until one o'clock and then wakes up again at six o'clock. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the live show. I think we should we can uh, try to do this more because it was fun. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it saves me the editing work after, so you know uh, I don't mind that. 
Uh, and even we got a shout out from Daniel, who's actually in Seattle. So uh, see, Daniel Daniel's gonna be a bandwagon fan. Tell you that right now. Don't trust oh, Daniel. Yeah. In 2020, he's gonna flip to Seattle. Don't trust Daniel. Don't don't leave us, Dan. We got a 2020 <laughs> plan. <laughs> Just in time, you guys can take Bogosian, and we'll well, we'll Bogosian be, be gone. But won't he be gone by then? He'll be a free agent in 2020. No, yeah, right. Who are so, we supposed to take? So supposed he'll to take Oposo, Oposo or Berglund. Oposo or Berglund. Oposo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oposo. And, yeah, Oposo, Bogo. Seattle, Seattle Totems. Seattle. What did I say one time? Seattle Fish Throwers. Is that what I said? <laughs> fish Tossers. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun, though. But we'll say that for another day. So Seattle Storm. Seattle Storm. That's not bad. Just get, go to so, Seattle. So, sounds like a WNBA team. Can you make the Seattle like Sonics? Like, can you, is that allowed? Or is that like an NBA? Has it? Probably not. I'm sure somebody owns it. Uh, Daniel said no bandwagoning here, so that's a good thing. He's not going to ban us for Seattle until the, until the Sabres are in last place the next two years in Seattle. Comes along, so. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be joining them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Live pretty from much. Seattle. <laughs> hey, Seattle's a nice city, man, so I wouldn't complain about that. Um, it's growing in the country. Exactly. All right, man. So right. <laughs> Daniel said that is a WNBA team. So There you go. <laughs> All right, so we'll get out of here. Like I said, we'll let you get ready uh, for the game here. Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of the trip. Uh, we are going to get into our, you know, this week is our two-podcast week. So over the weekend, uh, maybe before the Anaheim game, uh, we'll get back to you again here. So we'll get um, Vegas, San Jose, the San Jose, and the struggling Kings in here before we talk again. And yeah, they lost to Ottawa. Who did? San Jose did? No, for the Kings. the Kings. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. I think they got killed by it. They did, I think by a lot. Yeah, they did. But, yeah, you wanted San Jose in the first two games because they seem to have found their stride. <laughs> sure have. They, they it's starting sh- to look scary. I watched that Flyers game, and that was just – that was, like, I think early last week, and that was a that was a beating. Yeah, it was a Eight beating and a half. <laughs> uh, all right, so thanks Never for listening. Amherst Weekly will be back next week as well. Uh, so they have three more games. Three more games? Yeah. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I believe. So look at that back next week, too, and have a lot of Amherst stuff to cover next week. So look for that. So for Chad and Bill, we are out of here. Thanks for listening live. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the hockey, and we will talk again soon. Here's the more victories.